Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 8. Here's Pastor Ryan. Good morning. How's everyone? Good? Hey. Praise the Lord. That's nice. Praise the Lord. All glory to God. But happy Father's Day to all the, not just dads, but I'm saying all the men. And I say that because as the body of Christ, when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we join his family, right? God adopts us as his children, but also within the body of Christ, all of us men are called to edify one another and to be sort of spiritual mentors to one another. And so all the men that are here who love Jesus, I just want to wish you all a happy Father's Day and uh, thank you for what you do. The Lord knows that we need men in the church to be spiritual mentors and fathers, sort of say, uh, to the kids in our church, right? We live at a time where uh, there's more uh, fatherless homes than ever. And I believe that's the, the source to the problems in our country, really. And you see what they're trying to do to our children, you know, with this month that they're trying to take over. But somebody didn't tell them that this is the day the Lord has made. And if this is the day the Lord has made, this is the month the Lord has made. And, uh, but, you know, society's been inundated with just uh, so much um, darkness and, and, and falsities. We need the truth of God. We need men to stand up and be men of God as God has called us to be. Amen? Amen. And so uh, a godly dad, a godly father, as you know, is, is priceless. Like never before to, to have godly uh, dads, godly fathers is priceless in the lives of their children, in the lives of our church, in the lives of families as a whole. He provides protection for his children. He teaches them life lessons from the word of God. He spends time with them, getting to know them, and cares about what they think, what their likes and what their dislikes are. A godly dad is affectionate with his children. He blesses them and, and seeks their best. He loves them, and so he disciplines his children promptly when needed. A godly father upholds God's truths with his children. He doesn't compromise the word of God for their sakes, but rather he stands for the word of God for their sakes. So a godly father is like Joshua, who proclaimed to the children of Israel, you need to choose who you're going to serve, the gods of the Egyptians on the other side of the rivers or the living God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's the attitude of a godly uh, father. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, it says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, not all of us are going to have money to leave to our children's children or houses and stuff, but all of us who love the Lord, all of us men, can leave a godly inheritance to our children by raising them in the ways of the Lord. And maybe there are some men here or watching or listening who haven't been the godly fathers that God has called you to be but there's always today to say 
Lord, sorry and maybe sorry to the kids and the family, but today's a different day. We're going to start honoring the Lord in this house. Amen? Amen? God is our Father. That's a good thing about Father's Day. Father's Day can be a rough, run, rough one to some people, no doubt. Some of us have uh, lost our, our, our fathers, are not here anymore. Others uh, grew up having, you know, absent fathers or part-time fathers or not good fathers, while others never had fathers at all. But whatever the case is, this day can be a good day because God is our father, all of our fathers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul would write, you know, and really quoting scripture in the heart of what God says, he says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so God is calling to the world, give your life to Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. Come out from among them, from among the world and be with God. And God says, I will be a father and you will be my sons and my daughters. So that, that's a beautiful promise to all of us. And throughout scripture, we're told just how much God is our father. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, John the beloved would say, behold, what manner of love the father has given unto us, right? He has bestowed to us that we should be called children of God. I twisted that. <laughs> Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. What love that you and I can, can be called children of God. And some of us need to be reminded of that today. That God is your Father. God is my Father. And He loves you. No matter what your earthly fathers have done, whether if it's a, in a bad sense, know that God loves you. Know that he has not done you wrong. This is a fallen world, and some men choose to do the wrong thing. But God has never done the wrong thing or chosen to do the wrong thing. He has chosen to love us. And if that wasn't true, then he wouldn't have sent his son. We look at the cross and we say, God loves us so desperately. He gave us his son to die for us. And so we're no longer orphans. We've been adopted. And again, some of us need to remember that today. I read this morning in my devotions, in Psalm 71, verse 6, it says that you have upheld me from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. You have upheld me from my birth. I read that today. And it ministered to my heart because I grew up without a father. My father bounced when from birth he bounced and then I had a, a stepfather for 13 years that hated me and so I was abused and finally when I was 15 years old I, I hit him back I, I literally fought in my in our kitchen full-blown fight and then at 15 he took off after I never saw him again after that at 13 years never saw him again after that fight never heard from him and um the reality that God is my father and that he has upheld me from my birth is a, it's an amazing thing. And, but it's curious. But I feel like the psalmist, though I didn't have an earthly father who loved me, God has upheld me from my birth. 
I grew up in South El Monte, which is a very gang-infested uh, neighborhood, especially when I was growing up in it. You know, I was, you know, when I was 15, it was around 1990. And if any of you know the gang culture in El South El Monte, it, uh, it was really heavy at that time. In the 90s, gang violence across L.A. was really big. So I grew up there, and, and uh, God was there for me all that time. He kept me from my mother's birth. He's upheld me. I know he has. Very many times I could have been killed. At 16 years old, I remember we were in a fight in East LA. And uh, in that fight, three of my friends got stabbed. So three in the fight that I was involved in. And yet I didn't get stabbed. And so, you know, I, I look back and that was at 16 years of age and if that happened at 16 what precautions were we taking as kids to not let that happen again we just digressed with the times we were living in and became harder and harder and harder and there's so many events like that that god has had his hand on my life i had a father and i didn't know i had a father and it was god it's the same father you have if you've accepted the Lord here today. He's your God. He's mine. And I love God, not just because he's my father and he's adopted me. I love God first and foremost because he dealt with my sin. You know, people think Christianity is like for, oh, oh, troubled child. Yes, you didn't have a dad. So, yes, of course, it makes sense that you would need religion. No, no, no. It's, it's very sophisticated and smart. I recognize through the gospel that I'm a sinner in need of repentance and salvation of my sins. And then with that, the icing on the cake is that God becomes our father. And that is so beautiful. And he's been taking care of us ever since. And like the psalmist says, I said, you have upheld me from my birth. So I hope that ministers to someone here today. You know, in Psalm 68, verse 5, it says that he is a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. In Psalm 10, 14, it says, but you have seen and you observe trouble and grief to repay it by your hand. The helpless commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. I like Deuteronomy 10.18. It says, He administers justice for the fatherless and for the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. I love it. God administers justice to the fatherless. Why does the fatherless need justice to be administered to him? Because people take advantage of, of people when they're weak. And kids without dads, it's, it's, it's sad, it's terrible. They tell, you know, uh, single moms, as far as security is concerned, with kids in their homes, to buy a pair of big shoes and put them outside in the patio so that if anyone has any bad ideas about, you know, entering the house and stealing the goods, they'll see the big shoes there and pick another home. I mean, that's the reality that fatherless children don't have that support, don't have that that confidence that someone will protect them. And so we live in a world that some nasty people will take advantage of that. And so the Lord administers justice to the fatherless and he helps the fatherless and he sees the oppression and it's hard. Being fatherless, you grow up. And in my case, my mom wasn't interested in me. She resented me when my stepfather left. So I was just full-blown gone without any adult supervision. 
from 15 until I came to know Jesus. So all manner of wickedness I was involved in. But like every, every um, you know, uh, step in life, every, uh, you know, mile marker or whatever, every, every, you know, you're going at the changes in life without any guidance, without any instruction. And you look to your left and you look to your right and you have, you know, you see other boys, other men or boys and girls, whoever, you see them with confidence. You see them going into life's changes equipped with the wisdom that they need to handle that new thing. So for a fatherless to not have that, it's a lot of work. And he also says in his word that in Psalm 146 verse 9, that the Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. Because the fatherless needs relief. Why? Because they've been having to gain information about how to do life from anywhere and anything. And that's why our world is messed up. God the Father is calling for us to remember the Great Commission and for us men in the church to be fathers, spiritual mentors to some of these young children here who don't have fathers. And this is why I, I preach and I continually remind the men, be at our events, be at church regularly. Just because you're not assigned to an usher position or security or children's ministry, your very presence, God might use you that day to speak into someone that's hurting, who, who needs help. Our men's breakfast yesterday was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, and I encourage you men to be there so that we can talk about how we can care for those that God brings into our house. And if it's true what they say that the world's all messed up because of fatherlessness then we can expect more people to come that need Jesus and need the help of a father. And that's you and that's me. Amen? It, it is. I see that it's crazy that God would, would call me to, to, to the pastor position because I, I know that uh, in a way I'm, I'm viewed, especially by the kids, as like a, a spiritual mentor, papa. And I get to be the dad that I didn't have. I get to, and I stop for them because I, I just want them to feel loved. It's, they inspire me. By the way, the VBS was out of this world. The kids were here all week long, you know, and, and God bless the... It was, our, it was our first vacation Bible school. A ton of kids were here. Um... The instructors were amazing. They know who they are. I'm not going to call names because I actually read in my devotion today as well that the Lord says, said, you know, when they say thank you, tell them that you're an unprofitable servant and that you were just doing what, you're, what it was your duty to do so. And that's killer for Father's Day because it's our duty that not just the instructors of Vacation Bible School, but all of us keep an eye out for the yes. young person that needs help. Amen? Turn with me in your, oh, before we start, I mentioned I'm from South Amani. That's where Michael Paredes and Officer Joseph Santana were murdered last week on Garvey. And I, that's my neighborhood. I grew up right there in South Amani and uh, uh, Garvey since I was a little boy. And the gang there has been there since the 40s and some think even earlier, El Monte Flores. That's where I grew I grew up right in the heart of one of the oldest gangs in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and so, uh, Garvey is notorious for prostitution. So growing up as a kid, 
that's what that street was known for. The motel that this took place was at one of those motels. And so um, it's dear to my heart. I'm, I'm heartbroken over it. I, I'm old enough now to look at these young officers and I, and I just said, oh, they're babies. And they're babies that are willing to protect the citizens of my old hometown. So keep Michael Paredes, his family, his wife, his children, Joseph Santana's wife and children in your prayers. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And Father, we do come before you again so grateful that you are our God, our Abba, that you love us so much, Lord. Who would have thunk that the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses and Joshua, you're our father and you love us so so much your thoughts towards us cannot be numbered you care so deeply for us help those that are hurting today lord may they recognize that there's no need no need for you love them more than they can imagine so help us to know the depth and the height and the width of your love for your love is our confidence lord and as we study your word may you give us spiritual eyes to see may you speak to us individually and corporately what you want to do in our lives the changes that need to be made lord we ask that your grace would be poured out baptize us with your holy spirit now may it be all of you and none of me in jesus name we pray and together we say amen all right so romans chapter eight as you know um the last few chapters have been uh uh, an amazing um, teaching uh, from Paul, the Lord through Paul, concerning uh, the Christian faith and, and and the doctrine of sin and and judgment and salvation. And um, you know, we began with really emphasizing that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That no one on the planet Earth is without sin, and the punishment for that sin as small as it is in some cases is death is separation from god but god so loved the world that he gave his son jesus to die on the cross for our sins that whoever believes in him should be saved should not perish and we know that he rose on the third day to justify us and that through his life we can have a new life um that's what we've been learning and then in chapter seven <clears throat> paul was uh, teaching us of the reality of the struggle of the flesh, of his literal body, basically, and, and how in his flesh there's nothing good that dwells in his flesh. Though Paul and those of us who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, we're clean. The blood cleanses us. We're new. We are born again of the Spirit. But, but our bodies are not yet redeemed until we get to heaven and get new bodies. So while we're here, we're, we're, we're new, we're holy, but we have to deal with our bodies, and our bodies are fleshly and carnal, and uh, evil things dwell in that. And so Paul was describing the continual struggle, which I'm sure all of us would be able to, um, to understand. And so he, he speaks of that, and, and uh, he says concerning himself, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? In other words, he's crying out, like, is there hope for me? And in, 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 in overcoming my flesh and 
He answers his own question by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it is Jesus. He says, it's Jesus. Jesus is the answer to overcoming our flesh. And so we thank God with him and give God praise for that reality. He says, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, uh, the law of sin. And so uh, the inward man uh, serves the law of God, but his flesh, the principles of sin and death. And so again, uh, there's a question that needs to be asked. If there's a war between the spirit and the flesh, is this something that we're going to have to struggle with every single day of our life? It's going to be a battle against our flesh. And the, the reality is, no, it need not be. No, it need not be. It can be. But if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The key is it depends on whether or not we're going to walk in the spirit, right? And that's the answer. And that's what, what Paul is saying here. And so in verse one, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so here he is saying, first of all, there's no condemnation anymore. Get that, you know, clear. Get it clear. Just because you're, you're, you may blow it in your flesh, say something, do something that isn't right doesn't mean that you're condemned, that God's going to throw you out, that you're going to lose your salvation. There is no more condemnation. You put your faith in Christ, it's dealt with. It's dealt with. No judgment, no condemnation. We're going to heaven. So that's a good way here that he starts. And he says here that those who are in Christ do not walk according to the flesh, but according to to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death and so here we're being instructed we're being told that the way we have victory over our flesh is our new life in the spirit the spirit of life so when we come to know Jesus Christ we receive his holy spirit which strengthens us every single day to enable us to walk in the spirit. Does that make sense? Amen. It is by the spirit. The law of the spirit. The principle of the spirit of life. Um, that makes us free against the flesh. It's a supernatural work of the Lord. It's the third person of the Trinity. God in you and God in me. That enables us supernaturally to be different. Jesus, before he came to the cross, he said to the disciples in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. One of the most beautiful promises from the Lord, and what a blessing to read that on Father's Day. I will not leave you orphans. I'm sending the helper to help you. 
This is why we can live different lives. This is why we can completely be different from the man and woman we used to be. Whatever attitude of the flesh that you and I may be dealing with, you know, maybe bad temper, uh, just fleshly things. There's no more excuses here because Christ has given us. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We are-